0: WMQA! Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're giving you two interviews for the price of one because we're all about value here at WMQ Comics. First up, Matt Lazowitz and I chat with Stephanie Phillips, who is writing the Haunted House series Devil Within for Black Mask with artist Mon House. It's a pretty dope series uh, if you're a fan of horror comics. The first issue actually just went back for a second printing. Issue number two is out November 21st. Uh, Stephanie also wrote Kicking Ice, an all-ages book about women's hockey through Ominous Press, made with the support of the National Women's Hockey League. Uh, she and Matt ended up having a uh, sharing a lot of the same cultural touchstones. So it was a really fun conversation and uh, you should definitely check out her work. Later in the show, you will hear the second of the segments we recorded during Halloween Comic Fest at Level Up Entertainment in Mays Landing, New Jersey. Uh, We talked with Miguel and Liliana Figueroa, the stars of the YouTube unboxing show Toy Quest 101, about what they do and how their work supports people with autism. Uh, Meanwhile, as always, we've got a lot of stuff going on over at WMQComics.com. We are now knee-deep in November, which means it is time for Acts of Friendship the comics podcast crossover to begin in earnest. This Friday, November 9th, you'll be able to hear me, uh, along with Luke Hare from Multiversal Q and Charlie Davis from The Young Ones, on the podcast Chris's On Infinite Earths, talking about our favorite crossovers and uh, what makes a crossover work or not work. It was a ton of fun, and uh, I hope you are not a fan of Civil War II because I spent way too much time dragging the hell out of it. Uh, and it was an easy target. Uh, I will also be guesting on another podcast, the X-Men-centric Battle of the Atom, later this month. Plus, I'll be hosting a couple of my new friends on a WMQ&A episode also later this month. So there's lots to fill your podcast queue with, and I hope you find a new favorite show or two in the process. Meanwhile, another reminder, on November 17th, WMQ Comics is co-sponsoring Level Up Entertainment Presents Brian and Mark's Pinball Arcade Monsters. A charity pinball tournament to benefit the Arc of Atlantic County, which helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities here in South Jersey. It's going to be at the Starcade uh, at the Showboat Atlantic City Hotel. It's going to be a ton of fun. I am going to be competing in the tournament, and you should buy tickets and come check it out if you are from the area. Uh, but that's enough prologue. Here are me and Matt and Stephanie and Miguel and Ilyana. One thing we ask a lot of our creator guests when they come on is uh, what kind of comics. Uh, did you read when you first got into the medium, either professionally or just as a fan?
1: Yeah, actually, the very first comic I ever owned was a Sabrina comic, and I know I had a few Archie comics that I mostly picked up. Honestly, I think it was at some kind of, like, like a gas station thing when I was a kid that had, a, like, a spinner rack of just books with pictures is what I thought they were. And of course I wanted them. Um, and then from there, honestly, anything that had Batman on the cover, it didn't have to be in any kind of order. I just really liked the way Batman looked. I liked the costume. Um, and so I was kind of just picking things more for how he looked. And then I think the first series I owned all the way through was long Halloween. Um, and so, more of the more of the Batman strain, and uh, nowadays I read a lot of indie. Uh, but you know, before I got to indie, I was just really Batman anything, um, and I liked archers a lot. So I I always liked uh, Green Arrow just because I thought it would be cool to to be an archer. Like I, I liked Robin Hood stories a lot too. So I guess that's probably why I gravitated towards him.
0: Matt, I know you have a follow up question here.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, it just you know. After my own heart, I mean, Long Halloween – I mean, I, I, I am a Batman fan from when I was absolutely tiny, and Long Halloween remains to this day one of my favorite Batman stories. God, I love that.
1: So story. well done! I mean, everything about it—the art, story—it's so fun, and it holds up really well too. Like, you know, I every once in a while, I, I pull out like the trade and stuff, and I reread it, and it's—it's it's still good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it ranks up there with Sandman as one of the comics I I personally own in the most formats yeah. <laughs> that I had. I bought the single issues. I bought the trade. I have now. I have the big absolute on my shelf. Yeah, uh, and oh, it's it, it looks gorgeous in that the the giant absolute pages.
1: Oh, I don't have that. I'm very jealous now. I I may have to put that one on the list to
2: get. Um, it but... is. It has the um the extra pages that were in the back of the trade. It worked into the story. Oh wow! Yeah, it's real cool.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> it's like the mythical Snyder cut of Justice League. I
1: <laughs> guess. <laughs> That apparently exists. <laughs> if you just sign enough petitions, we'll get
0: it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are talking about two uh, very different comics today. You've got a uh, Haunted House uh, miniseries out of Bla- Black Mask right now called Devil Within and a uh, girls hockey uh, OGN called Kicking Ice, also out now. Um, we'll start with Kicking Ice. Uh, this started out as a as a Kickstarter, correct?
1: Yes, it did.
0: Okay uh, what was kind of what was your, your inspiration for this project?
1: Uh, I grew up playing sports and in middle school I, I kind of took to roller hockey being in Florida, not a lot of ice. <laughs> so mm. um, I eventually made my way to ice uh, around high school and I just I really loved the sport and initially I wanted to do actually like a, a web comic featuring girls and women in different sports. And uh, from there, I actually had ominous Press, the publisher kind of take interest particularly in what I was doing with with the hockey side of things. Uh, with the Olympic Games kind of coming up, and uh, I you know, I had told them a lot about the National Women's Hockey League. They saw that there might be room there to do some kind of partnership to actually grow the mini story I was working on into something much bigger. and it kind of spiraled from there, and I, I I made a call to the National Women's Hockey League. They were in there, I think at the time, it, it was before the third season had started. Um, so they had just wrapped up their second ever season. And, uh, you know, part of my goal was being a big fan of the league and the players. I really wanted to do something that would kind of showcase how incredible what they're doing really is, giving women a platform to play outside of the Olympics, which also the Olympic women's hockey didn't exist until 1998. So even when I was growing up, and I loved hockey, um, I didn't get to see women playing in such a large professional format until later in life. So um, being able to showcase that within my lifetime, it's, it's really cool to see it happen and to kind of immortalize it in a way in a, in a graphic novel for kids has been a lot of fun.
0: Did you uh, in in kind of working with the NWHL? Did they give you any like rules or guidance, or kind of make any requests uh, in the making in the making of the book?
1: The only real request came in the form of jerseys and logos. They really wanted to show off the the logos and things like that, which I get. They they're really proud of what they've done as a league and um, kind of how they've put the league together, and they just wanted to make sure that. Um, and maybe not so much make sure, but they just, they kind of requested, can we show off the logos and this and the jerseys and have that be, um, accurate. And so we made sure we did that and show off all four at the time, four teams. Now they have five teams. Um, but yeah, we did that.
0: Okay. That's great. Um, what is what is kind of the, the in in your mind, sort of the target age market for this book? You know, it kind of feels, it feels very instructional as you're reading it. It kind of very helpfully explains like the sport and, you know, in addition to like who all these players are and who kind of are the, the notable names of, of the sport.
1: I, I kind of see it as a mix. I think it's something that appeals to like, I would say there's a large group of us, that, like kind of meeting myself <laughs> Uh, like women that maybe didn't get to realize this, like I always wanted to be a professional athlete. And I think um, with hockey, I, that was just not really a possibility. And so I was never put into programs where I could have been good enough to compete at that level. and, um, I'm glad that it's now a possibility for girls at the age that I was at. And so I, I see it as like twofold where like the girls now that are growing up playing hockey or interested in it. Um, and then also like those of us that kind of get to see the birth of the National Women's Hockey League and professional women's hockey um, kind of growing alongside the NHL. Um, but definitely, you know, the girls in the book are around age 10. So mm-hmm. um, we tried to make it accessible for women kids and then adding in a little history as well for an older audience that might be interested in, um, Olympic hockey, the NWHL, also the Canadian hockey league and, and some stuff like that.
0: How uh, how old is the league now at this point? They just
1: started their fourth year. Okay.
0: Um, how did you go about recruiting your uh, creative team?
1: Um, so I knew Jamie, uh, who did most of the interior art. Uh, from when I was living in Tampa, and for the longest time, like, probably years, Jamie and I had kind of been back and forth a little bit, like... You know, I have this project and the timing just didn't work out. And what I love about Jamie's style is I just I think he's really accessible to maybe a new comic audience because he has some pretty open line work that at times can be like cartoony and fun. And I think especially for a kid's book uh, in a a market that maybe isn't traditionally a comic market, like we're we have the book on sale at, you know, hockey shops where maybe you don't normally (laughs) see. A comic book, so I think it's a good jumping in point for both people new to hockey and new to comics, uh, which is is definitely one of the goals there. Um, So uh, Jamie came on board, uh, really happy about you know, Jamie was available. It was one of those things where I finally asked him and it was like the right timing. And he was like, yeah, I can, I can start today. And he started immediately sending me, you know, sketches of, of Bella and sky and what they were going to look like in his style. And it was just a really perfect fit. That's
2: great. And, um, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Matt. Yeah. Um, and what about Lee motor? I mean, I'm a fan. I've actually been reading some of the Legion stuff from back in the day. I've been getting that recently. And it's like, Oh, wait, I know this artist, yes.
1: Lee is awesome, so Lee worked with ominous press, and um so I didn't have as much control over that uh but he is also i mean, you can see his his prologue into the book and his covers are just absolutely gorgeous uh, i I really love the way that Lee draws children's expressions because I think one of the things we wanted to capture just as a team we talked a lot about like kids are are pretty spontaneous and you don't always predict and they're always like really passionate and excited about things and I really wanted that to be present especially with Sky who I think is our most energetic character and man Lee's Lee did some like character mock-ups and things that you can see in the back and I think in the back of the book, there's this one page that's just facial expressions of Sky and Bella, and Lee. That was the very first piece of artwork I ever saw from Lee, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like these are them. This is Bella. This is Sky," and it's really fantastic to see. But um, yeah, Lee's been doing a few things with ominous, and so they kind of brought him into the mix as well to have him some to uh, have have him contribute some work.
0: That's great. Um... Now you are you are presently now living in a town with a uh, NWHL team, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, hockey tickets for life, or, or uh...
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I went to the first Utes home opener game, uh, and that was really cool. It, it is definitely cool to be able to live somewhere where on a Saturday I can just go watch women's hockey, and um, the arena is filled with other people just as excited about that as I am, which is really neat. That's great.
0: Um, I have to confess every time, uh, I, I heard the, re- or I read the reference in the, in the, uh, in the book to, uh, Hartford and, and the whale, I just kept thinking of that one line in Mallrats over and over again.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. There's a movie I haven't seen in a long time.
0: They only beat Vancouver maybe once, twice in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I didn't have that memorized. I had to actually look it up. but <laughs> um, it still
1: points for looking it up. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> Um, moving on to uh, Devil Within, which uh, I think a couple days ago uh, was just announced that uh, issue number one was going to a second printing. So, first of all, congratulations on that.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, this, is, this is based off a story that a friend told you, uh, correct?
1: Yes, it is. And one of the scariest, maybe it was really scary because at the time I couldn't open my eyes. I had just had eye surgery. So... Even if it was in the middle of the day, it was one of those things where she's telling me and I'm super interested and then I realize, oh no, I can't open my eyes and I'm probably being like eaten by ghosts right now. So um, that's a, that was a fantastic way to get told, one of the creepiest stories I've been told before. <laughs>
0: um, I, was wondering, I was wondering about the, uh, the setting, because it's set in the Philippines. Um, I was wondering if there are kind of cultural supernatural themes that uh, you're going to get to play with kind of over the course of the book.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's something I have been really interested in. And um, so one of the interesting things about working on this book is that, like, I really want to do justice to the setting and the culture. And so using my friend as um, a bit of my guide here. She, she does a lot of the translation work with me, which is kind of cool. Cause I, I want to learn it too. I don't just want to, um, have the language appear in the book. So she, she's been kind of teaching me a little bit about, um, you know, some of the grammar behind what I'm writing and helping me translate, uh, not using like Google translate, uh, kind of more authentic. So there's a little bit of, I guess for her, like, uh, slang or colloquialisms that I (laughs) like, even with like eight years of French, I could still not do that in the French language. So, um, it's been really fun to kind of work with her. And she's somebody that had never held a comic until, um, actually I gave her one that her name appears in. So, (laughs) um, also really cool. And I mean, she, I took her to her first comic shop and the first thing she said after looking around was, Oh, guardians of the galaxy. I didn't know that was a comic. And I was just like, oh, everybody's looking at us. <laughs> um, so it, it's been kind of interesting because I think we're swapping, like, she's helping uh, talk to me a lot about her culture and what it was like growing up in, in the Philippines and I'm introducing her to a brand new medium. So I've actually been sending her some comics, um, other, she, she likes sports a lot. So I've actually been sending her, um, she really likes slam from boom. So, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so I've been sending her stuff with a little bit more of like a, a sports slant to it. Um, we met doing martial arts together. So it kind of, it was kind of a good fit. Um, but yeah, it's been Really, kind of interesting. I think to learn about some of the the mythology um, that I, I honestly didn't know about, and so I think in specific uh, issue four has a lot of that culture kind of come to. Uh, I guess, ahead, head where we get to actually see what some of this mythology looks like. And um, I watched some documentaries and read some books about it where you actually get to see like artist renderings of different mythological creatures. And I have to say like the, the Philippine mythology has some terrifying looking creatures, which is just like perfect fodder for an artist like man who will, you know, take it and add the shadows and make it look even more horrific. And that's been a lot of fun to play with.
2: Um. Backlund, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's one panel that I'm just curious, and I mean, without spo—it's it, not a spoilery panel necessarily, <laughs> unless there's something more to it. Because there's one panel where after, where you see the through the over a shoulder in the kitchen through a window, and there's a swing set in the background, mm-hmm. and I don't know philippines horror but so much of horror and especially that the american imported asian horror of the early aughts with creepy kids as one of the major tropes so i saw a swing set in the background and my first instinct is oh god there's going to be a creepy child coming and i was just was that something intentionally there or was that just an artist's flourish
1: no, it's intentionally there. Um, okay. <laughs> it's check off swing
2: set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of what I was thinking yeah. about.
1: No, the swing set will be in uh, pretty much every issue. So yes, you've picked up on, you know, again, without giving it away, you've, you, you have picked up on something that will be back.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, I don't want to know anymore. I was just kind of like, oh, that might be just a neat little artistic flourish. And I'm reading way too much into one panel. I've been known to do that. <laughs>
1: So have I, but no, you, you've picked up on something. So, yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, There's been, there's been a lot of, of, of great, uh, you know, variant covers covers that I've seen coming for this uh, series so far. I think I just saw one from Tula Lote the other day. Uh, Are you enjoying kind of seeing all these, uh, you know, scary slash sexy time covers coming into your inbox uh, (laughs) (laughs) for this book?
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely, and uh, I mean for our um, variant cover B, which um, is very funny because our it's the sexy cover, but the there's somebody on the publishing team that will only refer to it as the quote-unquote painted cover, because I think he, he's <laughs> uncomfortable with, like, descriptive word to use for it and I was like uh yeah it's it's actually a gorgeous cover I have the original art here that Megan gave me and it is uh it's really stunning and I knew uh when we like I mean I think there's a particular kind of horror that comes from being in a very vulnerable uh, vulnerable position like our main characters kind of are at points during their relationship and I wanted to play on that in a cover and Megan just captured it like first shot she said here's a sketch and idea I had and I was like oh man yes this um like just the subtle demons in the mirror in the background and I think Tula did a really amazing job with that as well I um when she sent it to my inbox I just like I think I was teaching when I opened it and I still was like, okay, I'm going to have to freak out and my students are going to be like, what's going on? And I'm going to have to explain. And it's fine. Like, it's just amazing artwork. Don't, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: we are, we are recording this a couple days before Halloween. Uh, they will probably go after, 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 but still, uh, we just recorded a whole episode uh, about horror comics. I'm wondering if you have any particular favorites in that genre.
1: Lock and Key has always been the, <laughs> the darker side. Sorry. It's a, a bad option.
2: <laughs> we, I, I just, the laugh was because I, I spent a good, f- between five and ten minutes of that podcast talking about how Lock and Key is my favorite horror comic of all time.
1: It is so, and, and personally, I just love Joe Hill. Um, and I've read a lot of his work. And, and obviously, I mean, his dad is the king of horror. So um, it's... Uh, I mean, reading both of those, I, I like anything from the two of them. And it's, it's funny, because growing up, I did not know that Joe Hill was Stephen King's son. Like, for a long time, I didn't. And then I heard them, I think, on, like, the Bruce Springsteen E Street radio. The two of them were guest DJs. And they were like... It, and Joe Hill is like, oh, yeah, and my dad. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, life shattered. I, I didn't know this. I feel very dumb, but... Um, I like both of their work in either comic form or prose, and uh, I read a lot of horror novels, maybe more so than I do comics. But I did just finish *Gideon Falls* from Lemire; that was excellent. Um, and then I'm trying to... Oh, um, *Infidel* was very, very good as well.
2: Yeah, I have not. I haven't read *Infidel* yet. I, that that I've got a that's on my list. I'm *Gideon Falls* is another one that I'm absolutely i can't wait for the next issue of each time it comes out
1: yeah that one's been um like i feel like it's the pacing of gideon falls that makes you want to just keep reading and so that one i find myself getting really excited about when it's when it's on shelves and i i found infidel really good as well that was one that uh i would make a special trip out to a comic shop just to pick up either of those two titles they were
2: really great okay. That's definitely going to the top of the list of trades I need to get next time I need to get a trade.
0: <laughs> have you, uh now that you're you've you've you know, put down roots in Buffalo, have you established your uh, you know, have you found your your local shop?
1: Yeah, I mean I've actually got a few and they're all good for such different reasons. Uh I was just at Pulp 716 doing a signing, I think, last week's and there's two locations and both have this like bubble tea stuff that is really addictive. So sometimes even when I don't need comics, I will drive there for like their coffee and bubble tea. Um, I also love Queen city, which is, uh, so I I work at university at Buffalo and there are two campuses and the old campus, which is like the very traditional looking like white pillared buildings. Uh, I love the way it looks because I've never lived in a place that has fall before. So now sometimes I just (laughs) drive over there to look at yellow trees because I've never seen that in my life. So (laughs) It's it's a very northern thing. But right in that area is a cool shop called Queen City that uh, is usually on my weekly rounds
0: as well. That's great. Um, You were part of Top Cow's Talent Hunt this year. Uh, you know, for people who aren't familiar, you know, can you talk a little bit about what goes into that and kind of ultimately what you got out of it?
1: Sure. So Top Cow is really awesome at helping kind of new talent, get a voice in a larger venue. And so they put out a talent hunt, I want to say every year, uh, they keep threatening to stop it, and then they do it again, which is really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they kind of put out some specifications as to, like, what characters are, are fair game to use in your scripts, and you have to complete a full script for, like, a standalone comic for what you would do with this character and then you I, I guess uh the wonderful editors over at top cow actually spend the time and do read all of these scripts they offer a round of feedback which it, it, i mean it's brief but it's really helpful um and it was kind of one of the first times that i worked with a professional editor that got to say like here's a thing that logically is just not working in the story and it's really it, like it's terrifying to show your work to somebody, but I think the big thing I got out of it is there's not an editor that's really going to read it and be like, uh, you don't know how to write a sentence, like give up your degrees and never pick up a pen again. Like that's not what's gonna happen. It's more of like here's a fresh set of eyes on the actual story. And so things in my head that I'm like stubbornly hanging on to, it's kind of nice to have somebody else be like, you can feel good about just letting that go because it's not working for your story and then like that kind of clicks in my brain and it's really nice. So um, the feedback was great. And then, you know, I sent in the final draft and uh, actually I think the, the full book of like what we've been producing, I think it should be out kind of early 2019. Don't quote me on that, but that's kind of what it sounds like from the conversations we've been having.
0: Was there one particular piece of feedback that kind of stood out to you at, you know, or, or felt like, you know what? What I guess, yeah. What 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 would you say was kind of like if there was like a number one piece of feedback that you got from the editor?
1: Well, the main thing they told me. Uh, <laughs> so I've been writing Molly, who's a character from the Postal Universe, and she's. Mm-hmm a bit of a psychopath, she likes to, you know, bludgeon people to death with a bat, and uh, she's got, like, half of her head shaved, and I just, you know, I saw this, and I saw violence, and, you know, kind of a punk rock looking chick, obviously, that's who I want to write, um, and my first pass at this was unnecessarily violent, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I I knew it would look cool in an art form to, like, have these panels as, like, a very, a very horror driven take on molly and her backstory but at some point the editor was just like motivation question mark and i was like yeah okay overkill but we don't yet know why molly would have that amount of overkill towards these people so um kind of kind of made me like step back a little bit and develop her a bit more as a human and then like okay now whether you condone it or not now we understand the killer so um Mm -hmm. Kind of building the character and taking my time uh, was important to learn because I think I'm somebody that with my bad ADD all the time, I'm like, okay, what's the point? Let's get there. Oh, killing. Yes, that's where we're going. Um, <laughs> and so kind of realizing that it's sometimes necessary to, to take that break and develop what's happening before the killing or even after, um, I think was really helpful and something I took away from working with the editors at Top Cow.
0: So your uh, your bio addresses you as a PhD candidate in rhetoric and composition and a technical writing instructor, uh, and also a Muay Thai fighter, which, you know, awesome, obviously. Um, how much time in a given day or a week do you get to do you, do you get to work on comics?
1: I work on comics every day. Um, I am currently writing with Devil Within included, I'm currently writing four books. And I mean, quite honestly, they all attention throughout the day it's sometimes different forms like a lot of what i do is actually handwritten because i feel like i don't know i just i've never really given up handwriting as as a form of communication so um i always have notebooks with me um outlining different scripts or things like that so even if that's the least amount of work i do on a comic a day i'm always doing something with the comics every day and um i mean the balance can be really tough when i'm in you know, teaching four classes on a certain day or something like that, but um luckily students are terrified of coming to office hours, so I at least have <laughs> <laughs> to, for comic writing times.
0: So. <laughs> Seriously, my door is always open. Seriously, I'm busy right now.
1: <laughs> UB is so bad. They actually put, I, I love them. They're, they're great. But they gave us a new office and my office is a glass door. <laughs> so It's its like when I close my door, it's not closed and people know when I'm in there. And I'm like, oh, darn it. <laughs> I can't hide.
0: So so it's like like an Apple store, like one of those like New York City app, like the ones you see in New York City where it's like the glass cube.
1: Yes, exactly. I'm I'm very much in a cube and on display. So, um, so I, of course I had to put up a gigantic banner. Uh, like it's it's bigger than I am. It's like a giant flag of Spock cuddling a black cat, like from that episode. I can't remember its name, but I know that it's oh. the one where the black cat's actually like the villain. Um, it's yeah. been a long time since I've seen it, but um, I just I love Spock with a with a black cat. So I had to I, hang up with this thing. Uh, oh,
2: you're. Kill me because I'm trying to remember. Now it's going to drive me crazy until I look up what the title of that episode is. I, I, think, know. It's cat, I think it's Cat's Paw, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it might, I, I was trying to think of like the, the woman that's actually the cat has a specific name and I can't think of it right now.
2: Yes, I believe it is Cat's Paw. <laughs> I, I think that that <laughs> makes a degree of sense. Cat leaves her, Yep, yep, looks like it's Cat's Paw.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to go watch some, some more Trek later.
0: <laughs> so this, this is the, this is the third time you guys have had common interests here, but I think, <laughs> I think it's my turn. So, uh, based on, based on your, your, you know, the big banner atop your, your Twitter <laughs> profile, uh, is it safe to say that you were a big Parks and Recreation fan?
1: Oh my gosh yes actually somebody was telling me so I, I i turned a colleague on to parks and rec who had never seen it and he's about two seasons in now and in a meeting he, he said something like when you talk now all i can see is leslie nope and i was like that is the <laughs> latest compliment that anyone could ever give me so
2: <laughs> this is one we all share as my wife has often said that ben wyatt is my spirit animal <laughs> uh, that I too love Batman, Game of Thrones, uh, Lord of the Rings, and you know I would never get in trouble with the law because you know I, I I'm not afraid of cops because I never break the law because I'm deathly afraid of cops. <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely yes i I think i I've, I've actually quoted Leslie nope about three times today. Um, <laughs> I, I have a good friend who is my Ron Swanson, and uh he he was doing one of those things about like uh you know it it doesn't matter, shouldn't you shouldn't care or something like that and I can not remember Leslie's full line of something like, but I care, I always care. that's my thing and i I, I had to quote that one back and mm-hmm. Just every once in a while, our lives are definitely the Ron Swanson and Leslie Nope. like a bit of polar opposites, but we work really well together.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I've definitely watched that show at least three times through. Uh, you know, and the the third time was when finally uh, clicked with my wife, and it was just like I, I had to explain to her, like like you know, she always likes to start from the beginning. I'm like, get to the Halloween episode of the mm-hmm. second season, and if everything will fall into place. Yeah. You won't be able to stop.
1: I think my teaching style can best de- be described as like, see how many parks and rec uh, references I can make in one 50 minute class period. Um, today, I think I hit about three. Um, and sometimes the students like follow along, but I'm getting to a point where less and less of my students have watched the show. And it's it's a little disheartening, but I do have one student that that's talks like Ron Swanson. Um, and he knows it and so he'll play it up. And I, I definitely appreciate that. That's A plus worthy work right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't grade him on that, do <laughs> Oh,
0: that's great. Um your website right now is teasing a an upcoming project called Butcher of Paris uh, about the murdery French doctor from World War II. How far <laughs> off is that from being unleashed into the world?
1: Spring twenty or can you can you say spring twenty nineteen? Uh, right now, looking at an April release date from a very large, awesome publisher. Uh, Yet yeah, contracts have been signed. Uh, yeah, everything is in place and artwork is moving. And um, I I can't say too much, but what I will say sure. is the cover art. For all six is- or I'm sorry, all five issues is going like it blew my mind when I got this cover art. Uh, it is a very good, very well known cover artist doing all of the covers for this project, and uh, it makes me like little comic nerd super, super giddy about it. So <laughs>
0: um,
1: it's it was definitely the moment like signing the contract and working on that project um, is one of the moments where. Uh, I've had to a couple times be like, this isn't real. It's, you know, one of the companies and things like that, that I've read books from as a kid. And it is, um, I mean, in short, it's, it's an absolute honor that they would want to work with our team. And um, so it's, it's been honestly the most fun project to work on just because I've got a great team and the book is going to be haunting, it is going to be disturbing, um, and it is historically accurate, which I think makes it much
0: worse. That's great. Um, are you able to say who the uh, interior artist is?
1: Yeah, Dean Kotz and uh, Jason Wordy is doing color.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Cool. um you mentioned uh, early on you're reading a lot more uh, indie stuff. I know we talked about your horror picks. So, are, are there any other books that you're you're reading on a regular basis right now?
1: Um, I did just finish up Dead Hand, the Kyle Higgins Stephen Mooney book, and uh-huh. I really loved that. Uh, I've talked to Kyle before about how I think we're both into a lot of the same things. That like um, a historical approach, conspiracy theories, alternate history. I really dig that kind of thing, and I think Kyle and Stephen did such a good job on that book um i don't know if you've seen it but steven when he's been posting some like of his like double page spread montage pages on his twitter and they are so gorgeous so if nothing else it is worth it for those like double page spreads that are in every issue because they're really cool um but the story is great too um i'm trying to think of what else i i've been picking up I just got Sisters, but I haven't read it yet, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited. I love the title, and the covers of it are amazing. Um,
2: it, it's a ton of fun. Oh, it's it, a ton of fun.
1: I just got that one. Um, Dead Kings from Aftershock, the Steve Orlando and Matt Dow Smith book. Uh, the first issue just came out last week. It is really good, and as usual, both Matthew and Steve are fantastic, so I definitely recommend that.
0: Awesome. Um, well, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, how can people follow you online if you in fact wish to be followed?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Uh, my Twitter is at Steph underscore smash, uh, like Hulk smash, but with Steph and an underscore, uh, and I don't really ha- do as much with, fa- I'm trying to remember that I have a Facebook, but mostly Twitter is, is my big thing. And my website is stephaniecomics.com.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you both for having me. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks guys so much.
2: The world of comics podcasts is unpredictable. Yeah, like is the episode going up at 9 a.m. Eastern or Pacific? When you least expect it. Or are they going to skip a week
0: again?
1: Everything
0: changes.
1: (laughs) I mean, I do love a good bonus episode.
2: They are coming.
1: Oh, oh,
0: is it a guest?
2: Acts of Friendship, the comics podcast crossover.
0: Oh, I see what they did there.
2: Coming November
0: 2018. Wait, what are you doing here? All right, so we're here with some new friends. Uh, I've got Miguel and Eliana from uh, the YouTube show Toy Quest 101, how you guys doing? Doing good, right Eliana? Yeah. Yeah. Nice to be here, how you guys doing? Uh, So, talk a little bit about the show and uh, what it is you guys do. Yeah, sure,
3: so Toy Quest 101 uh, is a YouTube show that helps uh, inspire kids with autism and special needs. So, uh, a little bit how it came about, um, Eliana, one day was uh, on the bed watching YouTube like most kids do. Um, I didn't do that back in the day. You know, I used to be outside. But, um, yeah, so she was watching, uh, I think there's, I don't know, can't remember what show she was watching on YouTube. But uh, I looked at her and I said, hey, you should do your own YouTube show. You know, playing around. Um, and she shut off the, the, the iPad and uh, she put her head down. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, oh, I can't. I was like, well, why not? So as a father, you know, I got upset thinking bullying or somebody told her not to, you know, mm-hmm. everything bad came to mind. Right. And uh, she looked at me. She said, oh, because I have altered So that broke my heart because I'm like, man, you know, that that, that was deep. Right. Um, so throughout the years of me growing up, I always collected toys and figures and I love Marvel comics. I love DC, uh, anything fiction, to, you know, uh, to kind of escape from everything. Right. So I set up my basement. uh, You know, I got my friends to help me. uh, And we did a show. Um, I only did the show to kind of prove to her that she could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we did the first show uh, and we finished it, me and her mom kind of looked at each other in amazement. Because uh, with autism, uh, there was a lot of uh, challenges growing up uh, that we had as parents. So she's very delayed in talking, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, speaking with, uh, you know, the general public or anybody in person. Uh, She's shy, delayed in certain things, uh, comprehension, understanding. Um, But when she did the video, she was, everything that we ever worked on uh, just kind of came out in her. She was talking, she was opening up toys, she was being interactive, and we just looked at each other in shock. So when we saw that, we thought of an opportunity to try to do it on a bigger scale and continue with the show. And then a lot of people were supporting us, so uh, that came about, and now it's called Toy Quest 101. Um, and Iyana's now the the power behind the show, right, Iyana? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, basically all we do is, uh, we open up toys, uh, blind boxes for the most part. Uh, A lot of kids like the curiosity behind if we get the chase figure or the exclusive figure. Mm -hmm. Um, we review statues, um, and we always try to promote something positive. So we've done things with the Boys and Girls Club, uh, St. Jude's Hospital, any foundations, charities. Uh, We brought people onto the show um, to kind of promote their thing. We had a a dog that was deaf, so we were kind of uh, Bringing awareness to that community plus animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did something with the Black Jaguar White Tiger Foundation, which was huge. They flew us out there and everything was pretty cool. And the biggest thing with our show is that we have a lot of celebrity guests come on to the show uh, to support us, right? Yeah. yeah. So who do we have on the show? Some WWE superstars, right? Who was the WWE superstars? Right,
1: Titus O'Neil and Sonia Deville.
3: Right. Titus O'Neill and Sonia Deville from the WWE came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big show. Uh, we had UFC fighters Paul Felder and Jonathan Webb, and we just recently had Rob Paulson, right? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh.
2: Rob, yeah. We, Super dope. We hung out with him for a little while at... Um, Keystone. Keystone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keystone. He's such a great guy. Awesome oh, guy. <laughs> Actually,
3: that's where we did the show. We did the show at Keystone. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. he's uh, He has family members that, that have autism. I think his nephew. Hmm. Uh, he was so supportive. I mean, the, I met the guy years ago. Um, and at a comic-con and it was funny because he was there at the table and i kind of went up to him and said hi and and i told him listen you know at school i had to learn like you know the nation song and i learned it (laughs) through the animaniacs and i had to perform it And he's like no way he started just singing it in front of me and i like bugged out i freaked out right (laughs) so uh it was super cool but when i approached him about it he was so so open to doing it and he was so passionate the show came out so good um He was making Ileana laugh, right? Yeah, he signed some Ninja Turtle Pops for us and Animaniacs, and he was all in character, which was cool. So uh, it's up on our YouTube page. Definitely check it out. But we have a ton of celebrities come on the show so far, and we hope to keep the momentum because you know, with their stature and stuff, we get more followers and bring more
0: awareness. So it's pretty cool, right, Ileana? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. Now, when you guys started, you know, did that test video, uh, you talked about setting up the basement. Did you guys have, like... I guess all the infrastructure in place to start recording or is it just like a cell phone and a a dream at that point? Listen, it was a cell phone and a dream and I think it still is because funny enough, people ask us, well, how
3: do you do your shows? It's an iPad and a cell phone. Um, Now we got something called the Sling Studio that kind of puts everything together for us and lets Mm -hmm. us switch cameras. So we have, you know, as time Mm -hmm. goes on, progressed in the technology world with that eventually we'll hopefully get more uh stuff to have better quality but um yeah it was just a cell phone and a camera
0: and it was it came out really good and we were we were excited we were excited so you kind of end up having a like at this point you're like teaching yourself like video editing and Uh, and doing all that stuff everything (laughs) was kind of like on the fly and it worked out pretty good um
3: Her mom is the one that does the switcher, so she's the one switching from the cameras um, on cue. Mm -hmm. She's obviously gotten a lot better (laughs) with it. Um, But it's a little hard as far as with equipment because we do, you know, with celebrities coming on the show, uh, Mm -hmm. we're on their time. Yeah. Um, So, like, with Mr. Paulson, uh, we wanted to do it at Keystone, so I got to be portable, too. Um, But it's neat. It's neat. And Ileana um, interacts more and she talks more and she gets excited with you know, with these celebrities that come onto the show, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So it's pretty neat. We had, had a lot of support, which is awesome. All right. Ileana, tough question. What is the what is the best toy you ever unboxed on the show?
1: Uh, the WWE one?
0: The WWE ones? Yeah. So
3: the, the blind boxes?
0: Yeah. So
3: why don't you tell them how, the, how it works?
0: So you start looking in the back, and then you look at all these characters, and which one you want and then you never know what's inside so you open it you might get an exclusive or uh, the different one or the one you get you want it.
3: yeah so uh so basically like she said the blind boxes have characters in the back mm-hmm. and you know if i'm a WWE super or, or a fan which i am i want to get the rock you want to get stone cold you want to get somebody else and it's kind of like all right what you are we going to get and a lot of times there's exclusive ones that you know, people, they're hard to get, um, and those we get really excited about, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned some comic stuff. Yeah, love comics. Any favorites? I, Wolverine's, hands down, my favorite. He's, he's my guy. He's my guy. Eliana, who, who's your favorite?
1: The X-Men?
3: Yeah, you like the X-Men? Who? Cool. which one?
1: Beast. Beast? Good Should answer. Cool. Yeah. She likes
3: anybody in blue, so Beast, <laughs> Beast is a uh, Beast, is Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler, yep. <laughs> Maggot half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Archangel uh, back in the day. Archangel, yeah, he's good too. But yeah, we're uh I mean, I grew up in, in Puerto I grew up in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and we didn't have that much cable. So it was either the cartoon channel, Discovery Channel, and then the Soap Opera Channel. We know we didn't watch Soap Opera Channel. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, X-Men always came on, uh the animated 90s cartoons. Yep. Uh love them. Uh they they actually follow us, and we follow them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The original cast, even the voice of Wolverine, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, we're, we're into the comic books. I love Marvel. We, we had a uh, when the Avengers uh, Infinity War came out, we actually had a Marvel Studios representative come on to the show. Oh. Uh, which was super dope. Uh, he, he videoed us from, uh, he Skyped us from uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Velasco. Okay. And uh, we talked about what he does there um Mm -hmm. that day we actually partnered up so we actually also partner up with uh there's toy vendors that actually you know give us toys to review and Mm -hmm. stuff like that which is totally awesome but that particular show uh kotobukiya which is a huge statue company Mm -hmm. um partnered up with us and send us a like six scale captain america statue uh to review with the marvel (laughs) studios guy which was super neat we were so excited um and we Skyped them and put them on the show, and it was, it was just amazing. Um, and, and the cool thing about partnering up with those companies, uh, so one of our favorite companies is SciShow Collectibles, which right now they're doing spooktacular. Uh, they're giving away a bunch of stuff. Uh, those statues are very detailed, expensive, but they're awesome. Um, they're my favorite statue company. Um, when I was younger, I couldn't really afford them. As growing up, I started making payments on some of them, but uh, <laughs> I get in trouble sometimes for getting them. But uh, we review the statues, but with Kotobukiya, mm-hmm. they're PVC statues. So with kids that have autism or special needs that want to handle them, you know, they can't really handle the sideshow ones because they could break very easily because that's all art. Okay. The Kotobukiya ones are PVC. Same thing with Diamond Select. Uh, mm-hmm. We partnered up with them too. Um, they're PVC, most of them are like one piece and you know, if a child or someone wants to handle it with special needs, they can and it won't break and they're not as anywhere near as expensive. So when they partnered up with us is very big for us because a lot of our viewers and parents ask, Hey, you know, my, my kid really wants this. What do you recommend? Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that we recommend. So it's, it's a really big partnership with them. Um, and we're really grateful for everyone who supported
0: us for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so where is that six foot Captain America statue now? Uh, well, it's not six foot, it's six scales. Oh, so six scale. Like, yeah, Sorry, it's like oh, about man. <laughs> I wish it was six foot, man. Uh,
3: it's about here. It's, it is in my, it's in my collection, the man cave. Uh, if you, the, both the Marvel show is on our YouTube page, Toy Quest 101. And then the, uh, we actually have like one of our second videos was a kind of a tour of the man cave. Okay. Um, and you see all the statues and how we set it up. It's, it's actually pretty impressive. Uh, it's changed now because there's. More to it, yeah. Um, Toys R Us closed down, and I think we opened up Toys R Us in my basement, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty neat. Um, we got a lot of people. Uh, I'm very interactive on social media, mm-hmm. so when people contact me, I answer, or when they give me suggestions or comments and stuff, I try to answer or like as much as I can. And we have a lot of people reach out to us. Oh, you got to do a better video. We got to do a, a good man cave one. And, that's i'm in the process of that like a professional video but we got a <laughs> couple goals and stuff and Iana enjoys it right you got a lot of toys don't you yeah. yeah we got ups come in call me at my job like hey you got a sideshow box you got to sign for it do you want to wait or do you want me to just like no hide it here <laughs> so it's pretty cool man
0: pretty cool um What was the basement before it became the uh, Man Cave slash recording studio? It
3: was nothing.
0: It was just a basement (laughs) with cement
3: walls, and, I mean, it got built from the ground up. Uh, Yeah, it it was nothing. Um, It's really nice now. We get to watch movies there. We have friends come over, entertain. Um, it's neat though but it's like a, it's my house is a museum people come over and they go straight to the basement I'm like oh my goodness uh, but it, it, it's neat and I, I'm really appreciative of everybody
0: who helped me with it um, and it's just a great spot for the show really cool it's awesome yeah. you should do is you get a bunch of old like Sony Walkman or something and you narrate like a little guided tour type yeah. thing yeah. charge them five bucks when they come over yeah yeah we should everybody put your headphones on yeah. it's the guided tour right yeah
3: that's awesome yep. that is awesome <laughs> Right? Yes. Yes. All
0: right. <laughs> um, do you remember that first episode? Do you remember, like, the first thing you uh, opened up or talked about?
2: Yeah. What was it?
0: you remember the toy? Zoom Zooms. Remember? Zoom Zoom Marbles?
3: Yeah. <laughs> you were like this, and you were going with that. You liked it, right? <laughs> yeah, we did, like, a Zoom Zoom show, uh, which are these little Disney like toys yeah Um, Yeah. little chibi kind of stackable yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 stackable Yeah, Yeah. they're pretty cool it's funny too because like we'll go to the store and you know um, everybody asks me well how do you pick your toys out well there's a couple of things that go into picking what we want to do for the next show so Mm -hmm. we follow pop culture Mm -hmm. so obviously for example Spider-Man and Aquaman are both going to be out in December So we're going to try to do a show around that because everybody's on social media. is hashtag Aquaman, hashtag Mm Spider-Man. So in hopes that they'll catch our hashtag or catch our episode Mm -hmm. and go along with the hype that's going on. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, you know, when we go to the store, we're like, all right, what are we picking out? (laughs) And a lot of times she'll pick out things that I have no clue what they are. So as I'm doing the show, I'm kind of learning. Mm -hmm. So we did like a Pops. What was it? Pops? The Pops Surprise? Pick me, Pops Surprise? And... It's like a lollipop and inside the lollipop is a bunch of like little stuffed animals or candy and all that stuff. And it's funny because I have no idea. And she's like, yeah, yeah, they have this and they have that. I'm like, all right, let's get it. And uh, and we do them and I learn on the fly. Same thing with her. I'll get like a statue or something. She's like, who's that? And, and we'll do it. So it's, it's kind of fun, but it, it, it makes a father and daughter bond a lot uh, tighter. Um it helps her out with her development and it inspires, you know, fathers or even kids or, again, everyone uh, watching from the outside uh, to do the same. So
0: it's pretty cool. And you can write off trips to the toy shop as a business expense. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, uh,
3: it, it does get expensive. Uh, you know, we travel a lot. We, we donate a lot, too. So a lot mm-hmm. of people ask us, well, you know, what do you do with some of the things that... that uh, that you get. So obviously we keep some, right? Like mm-hmm. Captain America's not going nowhere. <laughs> uh, cuz it's super cool. Uh but like for example, um uh, also gave us uh the Super Sun statues, which is uh uh John Kent and damien Wayne. Right, and they have Crypto and uh BatHound. Oh, nice. So when well, we did that episode with the uh, the dog that had uh you know that's deaf. Mm-hmm. We actually donated one of them to his nephew because his nephew has uh, the same type of his uh, is hearing impaired he has. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Co- co- cochlear uh, implant. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Um, so we gave it to him because it was it was perfect. You know he they made a comic book uh, to inspire kids. Uh, you know hearing impaired with the dog. Uh, it's Cole, Team Cole. You can see him on uh, on our show and go onto their webpage. So while we were reviewing them with him, we donated one to him to give it to his nephew, which is it was perfect. It was we gave him the Superman and uh, and Crypto. Uh, because it made sense. So, but yeah, we'll donate them, um, we'll raffle them off, we'll mm-hmm. do giveaways on on social media and stuff and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. It's
0: awesome. How great. far out do you plan uh episodes? Do you have a whole sort of like production guide at this point or sort of <laughs> uh, we try to do at least 2 to 3 episodes a month. Uh
3: again, it's based on, you know, what the hype is out at pop culture, uh, and it's based also on what I get in cuz sometimes we'll get stuff uh in from our vendors and we kind of want to do them right away or if, or if a celebrity calls us or we get in contact you know we're kind of on the fly with what we want to do mm-hmm. um, but normally I'll start uh, marketing the like I'll, I'll, I'll record it first because mm-hmm. obviously there's always cancellations so I'll, so I'll record it first and then I'll start hyping it up even though I already have it kind of in the bag yeah and then we'll we'll release it um, for people to watch so um, there's really no uh, <laughs> no plan on how to do it. We just kind of do it on the fly based on, you know, what happens with the pop culture or celebrity <laughs> guests and stuff. Uh, we have a couple shows lined up. So for Halloween, uh, Diamond Select send us a huge, huge, huge box of a bunch of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas statues and blind bags and stuff like that. Uh, we already recorded it it's going to be announced or it's going to be uh, aired on um, Halloween, which is nice. We did one last year too, which was kind of cool. Uh, but Diamond Select has been very supportive um, they're an awesome company and then uh, we also have we just did a sideshow statue with Wolverine versus the Juggernaut uh, Ooh. I was excited because <laughs> it was huge but that, that one's neat um, sideshow just gave her uh, we went to New York Comic Con and Susan which is uh, one of the girls there at a uh, at Sideshow. She's awesome. The whole Sideshow team is incredible. Uh, they gave her a Thor Six Scale Hot Toys. Uh, and it's the old school Thor, so it's not okay. from the movies or anything like yeah, that, yeah, which yeah. I like more. Um, and it's, uh, it has a bunch of points of articulation where mm-hmm. you could kind of put them in whatever pose. So we're going to do a show with that soon. Um, we got an Ellen DeGeneres box, which is neat. Uh, one of our goals is actually to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, I think she pretty much uh is a perfect example of what we want to do on our show she embodies I mean the lady's awesome uh, very positive does a lot of peop- things for the community and the people and you know animals and, and, and I mean she's she's awesome so she's uh, one of the, one of the, our goals eventually in life to be on uh, Ellen DeGeneres' show maybe do a Finding Dory episode with her yeah <laughs> you gotta have a dance ready to go though for it y'all she man <laughs> Evianna's got some dances she just got you were in a dance yesterday right yeah, what was the dance called? Was there a special name for it? No. First, she had a school dance yesterday. It was the first okay. time going there, I was freaking out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she went, they kicked us out and she had fun, right? Yeah. But she does all the uh, dances from, uh, what's that video game?
1: Fortnite.
3: From Fortnite, so what are the uh. names of some of the dances? Fl- floss. The Floss, what else?
0: Orange Justice. Orange Justice? And a shoe.
3: And what is it the shoe, the shoe? nice so she does all the Fortnite dances i could do them too she's she says she does them better but <laughs> i'm willing to challenge that
0: but uh yeah she got her little moves <laughs> that's awesome yeah. well uh as we're as we're wrapping up how can uh, people follow you guys online oh sure so um youtube is our
3: biggest platform uh you can subscribe to our youtube channel ToyQuest 101 uh, everything is ToyQuest 101. So we're on Instagram, ToyQuest 101, Facebook ToyQuest 101, uh Twitter, right? ToyQuest 101 and YouTube. Um, so we're on social media you can follow us on any of those uh, platforms again the biggest thing is subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's where our videos are at and that's kind of what started everything uh, we have over two million views already uh, we haven't been doing it that, that long either it's been like <laughs> a year and some change and we've gotten so much stuff done so it's growing very rapidly but uh, again you know we try to bring positivity and, and, and bring awareness and inspire Kids with autism and special needs around the world. So that's awesome. Thank you guys Thank so much. You. Thank, Thank you so you much. much. Yep,
0: no that's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to wmq a on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com/WMQComics. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Daniel P. Grote. Finally, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. WMQ.
2: Sorry, sorry, the explosive ha <laughs> when you said lock and key. It, just, it makes me so happy that... And because i I started reading lock and key, you know, with issue one. So I remember when I, I was like the one of like five people who are reading that book. So every time someone says they're a fan, it just makes me happy.
0: I think she left the call.
2: Oh, okay.